relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people in places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. I just love that intro. I love that I get to listen to it. Like, I like because recording, we got to do it once a week, but like, I listen to it a lot more than once. No, I do too. We were watching some some of the video stuff we're working on, and the video intro plays it. And I kept watching it. Just, uh, it's good. You guys, we're not going to waste your time on this. I I know we kind of, me and Mike kind of want to chat, but we'll do it off when we're not recording. Um, or you can join our Patreon. There's a lot more chatting on the Patreon when Mike's, we're getting after Mike for, you know, messing up or then we're <gasps> getting after me for messing up. So, but Justin never messes up. So we're good. He's perfect. He is perfect. I, uh, check it out though. We're learning to grow. Uh, we built, I built my own soil, motherfuckers. Mike taught me how to build my own soil. All right. Hey, we got to get to it. Episode two. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Jane West. Do it again, strip club DJ. God damn it. What the fuck? <laughs> just say just say it. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Jane West. Boom. Ready, set, go. go. So now I um jobless because that's the way i thought of myself still back then was i was jobless fired like not you know an independent entrepreneur um and i now i'm a a that is what entrepreneur mostly means is unemployed (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, they don't let you know that yeah so um yeah and then um and then now i have this misdemeanor charge and you know that this was really like already i was trying to push the envelope as much as i could in so many ways but now you know, I'm in trouble for it. And so that like feeling of things being unjust, you know, I mean, obviously like what happened to me is nothing compared to what has been done to black and brown communities. And that the fact that the war on drugs is a war on people, but that was like the first time that I was like seeing that as clearly as I was, you know, I, I mean, I dove into this industry and then suddenly, and all I cared about was events and social use and legalization in that realm. And that's, what's so interesting and why, like you can talk about cannabis literally forever. It's just never stop like the next thing. So, so now I'm four months in and I'm just starting to really start to see that the war on drugs is a war on people and that like i had i had to go to the courtroom six different times and um and never was there another white woman in that courtroom for for these charges at all and um and it just like really started to heighten my awareness about the can about like how that i am now that i'm not like i yeah, just joined feeling. a revolution you're I just, just looking around you're like hey hey <laughs> hey wait a minute wait a minute that is that is what we need more wait white people to do totally totally That's exactly totally. what we so they've been doing agree. this to brown people the whole yeah, no, time yeah. holy yeah. shit this is fucked yeah yeah no yeah. it is yeah i mean and as a social worker i worked in health disparities more and so like yeah. you know and different things so any but it all applies and well, so um 
So now I'm in the courtroom. Now I'm doing that whole thing that lasted all summer long. Now I'm way in the hole also, by the way. Like, I'm not everything. Well, your bills don't stop coming when you get fired. I I remember that in my 20s where I was like, well, I don't have any money. And then then everyone else is like, okay, and? Right. And you're like, okay, well, I'm going to go figure out how to get money then. Uh, I got money. Like, you you guys, I mean, I got the first sponsorship I got. I go into the place. There's just like giant sign. It's like dubs. It's like dripping down the wall. I'm like sitting under this sign, like waiting to pick up my sponsorship check. I'm going to go deposit it. Da, 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 da. And they like bring out a paper bag with $3,000 cash in 20s. And I'm like, oh my God. What? I mean. What did I get myself yeah. into? So, so yeah. It's not so any we, different than the bank. It's just a formality thing. Right. You know? it's, but it's, still, it's, it just, it like, it. It's like when it you realize, realize like a doctor's like, office isn't kept... just in another building and you're like, well, that's weird. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Things kept happening where I was like, oh, you, you know, I just, uh, there were ways I was confident with, that I knew what I was doing. And then things kept happening where I was like, oh, you don't know what I'm doing no. at all. So, um, <laughs> at all. So, so, so we put, we had to push. A, so that all happened over 420, but I still had a summer of uh, symphony events to host. So basically what we figured out was was that if the city and state were going to start coming after me, they were probably going to try to use a clause in Amendment 64 that said I could not profit from the consumption of cannabis, which is like part of the law. And so I turned the summer events into fundraisers for the Colorado Symphony Orchestra, right? So yeah. so I wasn't actually profiting from it, tech, like all the money on top of the cost of the, but, and then I also wasn't making, then like there was no mm-hmm. like, oh, this $125 ticket, I'm really working it. Now all of the money is going to the symphony, which is great. We raised over a quarter of a million dollars between the three <laughs> events in the summer and Red Rocks on a high note. So like the CEO of the Colorado Symphony, Jerry Kern is this awesome awesome older gentleman who loves the symphony and hates the mayor Denver. <laughs> maybe not it's a good maybe combination that's strong, but that like, is a good he combination was, <laughs> he was absolutely ready to um to, to push the limit with yeah. us and so we planned red rocks on a high note in september of 2014 and it was the first time the entire symphony played at red rocks together on stage on a saturday night Whoa. and um and it was amazing and um i got major like cannabis businesses to be the sponsors and um we had posters and tickets sold and and it was amazing um but it was the end like basically we got a little nod from the city to be like okay fine that one thing that you already already were doing fine like that fine but like after that you're done so like we ended on a high note um but that was clearly like my business model my plan and the idea of social consumption in the way that i wanted to see it in 2014 was not going to legally be an option for me to start a business and it only took because they were well and they were and it wasn't because it there wasn't a that's fascinating because it's not because there wasn't a place for the business or a market for that business no. oh my gosh it was they, because they didn't want you to have the business absolutely which is not business and that's why agreed which is suppression market. of opportunity and suppression of small business and and you know the symphony did exactly what they wanted. The over ninety percent of the people that bought tickets had never bought a ticket with the Colorado Symphony before. Yeah, we were doing exactly oh, what amazing. their goal. I know but, we were doing exactly what, they, what the goal but was the, too. But 
But you were serving, but it's cannabis and not not coors. <laughs> cannabis, but not alcohol, which you can buy at most places whenever well, we, you go so and do it. So we did get this article though, which I was always like super proud of in the New York Times in the art section. So this is like May 2014. Cool. And uh, there, the this was on the cover of the art section. Pass the bong. I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name. That's a. F- I, I don't even want to say Yeah, that. I was hoping okay. you knew how to pronounce it. No, it's a, it's like, it's a compo- famous composer. They basically asked a bunch of living composers, like, what would you play if you knew everyone was high? And then the whole article is about, like, how music is inspired by, you know, uh, different illicit drugs. Uh, yeah, time. I was going to say, I don't know if you've listened to music before, <laughs> but a lot of it is inspired by drugs. <laughs> We're going to get yeah. pictures of all these articles all and spread for. I have me and a very successful video. musician have a fun thing where new music comes out and he'll send me like they were on this when they made this and you, we're yeah. usually right yeah yeah yeah, yeah totally yeah, totally yeah. it's like I don't know if you guys have known musicians but they love drugs yeah. <laughs> they love exactly. what they do for a living is make noises and it was that convey emotions so, yes so drugs probably help that and it was great to talk about like what it did was change the conversation too like we weren't talking about legality we weren't talking about you know we were talking about like what strains are best for listening to things and people you know some people felt really strongly golden goat like they people had like very strong opinions about what would help the like increase your auditory senses and things and so it was fun just to like have those conversations you know at the dawn of adult use so and especially when so much we're just now starting to be able to have conversations Mm -hmm. with and have more experiential stuff because since legalization i'd like to think more about things i'd like doing while stoned out in the world yes where yes. it's not like, I like this strain, but I have to smoke in my mom's basement because I'm terrified <laughs> I'm going to get arrested. Now it's like, hey, I like smoking this strain and then going and seeing a baseball game yeah, or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Like, that's mm. It's so much more sports, cooler now. Sports, watching sports. And... Or uh, my thing, and I, I say this on Getting Doug with High a lot, is my, one of my favorite things to do is smoke right before I go on a run. Yes. Because it it's incredible because what it does is it makes you feel good that first mile where your body's like, I don't want to do this I know. And then <laughs> by the time the runner's high kicks in, you're, you're stoned most of the way and you yep. find that rhythm and that breath. And then you're just taking in nature and wherever you're at. And then that runner's high kicks in and you can go a little, it's, uh, I'm so glad I didn't find cannabis the way I did when I was playing baseball because I'd still be a fucking baseball coach somewhere. <laughs> That's when I'd be like, I don't know why this is. We get to come to this field every day, and yeah. I'm stoned and throw a ball. So this is it for me. <laughs> but I am glad I didn't find it till later because it is like. But I think that's another medical part of it that. Yeah, it's just frustrating. It's so frustrating. I love. I mean, I consume cannabis before yoga all the time, and it does. It helps me turn my brain off, focus on my breath, think about my muscles. Your joints are looser. All the things. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know, and it's always like now. Once you start seeing things this way and realize you're on the right side of history, then so many things seem ridiculous. Like at the end of a 150 mile bike race, when there's tents and free beer. Mm-hmm. A like a, de- a like mm-hmm. dehydrating thing that's going to give you a headache, and there should be cannabis yes. with like 
anti-inflammatory properties and giving you like fueling you and I'm doing like, a half iron man in may and oh and yeah uh, we'll see if we, <laughs> we'll, it's just to finish i'm when they call it a race that always makes me laugh like oh you guys are competing who's gonna win i'm just gonna <laughs> fucking finish um i'm gonna cross it but i have already i've got i'm gonna hit there's a part right before the run where i'm gonna hit a pin mm-hmm. where i've already planned on it and mm-hmm. if they disqualify me i'm like yeah sure but i'm still gonna finish this motherfucker <laughs> yeah i ain't trying to be an iron man i'm just proving a point to my dumb ass is what i'm trying to do but i'm planning on that because they do offer booze at the end of it and i'm yep. like well this doesn't make any fucking no, sense it doesn't make any sense is it so. I, I mean, cannabis-friendly gyms, absolutely. Yeah. Then you, you know, the the issues with food and alcohol and some of these other things is kind of you know, is lifted. You know, as we start to push the limits of social use, that's going to be a problem. So, like a gym, a yoga studio, where you, that's all you, they just want to be able to consume and work out. You know. Yeah. So, like, I know that there's huge <laughs> can amount. I, can I hold on just a second? <laughs> this is really funny. Last week in Austin. <laughs> You know where people work out, like where they in the park where they have little workout stations or whatever. Uh, We were doing man on the street stuff, and there are these three ripped motherfuckers doing the pull ups and stuff. And one of them just had pants on, but they were all ripped, and they're doing the pull ups and calisthenics. And we're like, "Hey, can we interview about cannabis?" And they're like, "Sure." And then once we started filming, two of them were like, "I'm high right now," and I was like, (laughs) "This is." perfect Mm -hmm. because these dudes are just two adonises like just bodybuilders like me and they're doing this crazy i thought it was you when we walked up i was like is mike in austin um and they're we so we got them doing b-roll i was like can you guys do your workout i just want to film you guys while you're high because this is exactly what we want to show and they just went i was like oh this is so perfect the guy's like oh i'm stoned right now and you could tell him like yeah you are (laughs) and he's jumping from bar to bar and i was like yes show people this yeah it was sorry high skiing i like skiing (laughs) there's so many fun activities (laughs) so many things all the things and you know what we're talking about fun things to do high too but like for me like as a mom like what i don't understand a lot of the moms at my kids school that go home for seven hours while their kids are at school and like clean their house sober like why would you do that mm-hmm. like you there's so, there's a lot of things that aren't that fun to do like clean your house and do laundry mm-hmm. that are also more fun yeah. and better with cannabis dude cleaning while uh, you cleaning, can for sure you can fill up three dish racks with dishes dirty yeah. dishes give me some weed and i'll just sit there for an hour cleaning it just yeah. a smile on my face listen to all the music i'll pay for your flight <laughs> done. Clean the house. done and done <laughs> <laughs> so but one of the things that i'm trying to figure out here uh-huh. and i know me and billy have our own thoughts around it but 420 happens it's a cultural epicenter of like cannabis is legal. Everybody's coming here and everything from the outside just seems like it's an influx of tourism here. Well, I came, I've been a part of a couple four twenties in Denver since Mm -hmm. then I've been part of it. And then, so why do you think they were so quick to shut down the I mean, events? it was just, they saw how quickly it was getting cause they didn't have, they couldn't control it. All I wanted was a license. 
I mm-hmm. wanted a license. I wanted to be able to go down to the city and get a license for a cannabis event. And that was why I did all the things I did with the security and insurance and everything. Like, you should have to check all those boxes. Yes. You should have to have insurance. You yes. should have to, you know. And so, um, yeah, I, I think it was because it was the dawn of the beginning. And what was happening was very real. Like, I did not advertise my event. I did not spend a dollar doing anything like that. And it was sold out and everyone to come and they wanted more. And so, and other groups were doing the same thing. So like, like they knew that this was about, they had to send a message that was loud and strong. Mm -hmm. And when I got fired and when this happened, like my, the news story was on the ticker. My poor husband could see the ticker of the damn Denver news channel from his office where he's, he's got to work twice as hard now. And like, and he, he could see on the ticker being like, the woman who hosts Weeds event gets fired. Then it's like, woman who hosts Weeds event gets the SWAT team. Then it's like, women, crew, like, and like, that's me. Um, you, was he like, hey, that's my wife. <laughs> Guys, look. Hey, look, that's her. That's my wife. That's she's my getting, sweetie. She's doing a lot of crazy stuff. Right? Yeah, 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 that one. We're having fun. So. We're having fun. We're doing things. They wanted to put an end to it because it was taking off, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, and they didn't know how to control it. It wasn't that it was taking off. It was that they didn't have a hand in it. It's the status quo. It's this new thing. I think it's amazing that your husband didn't even flinch when any of this happened. Like I think that's pretty dope because a lot of people would be like, I mean, even my mom, she's a teetotaler, and that's how she describes herself. It took years of her really of me just being honest about it mm-hmm. and being like, "Mom, I don't drink anymore, but I smoke a lot. If I won't do it around you, because it, whatever." But it finally, I think, finally, it was that. Yeah. Oh, this is your. Oh. Oh, this I was isn't like, a phase. Yeah, and I was like, "I oh, don't drink, Mom." And guess what? That's when you really needed to worry about me was when I was boozing, and my dad would be like, mm-hmm. "That's fucking true, right there." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. I think they very much it became clear to them like oh this isn't what people have told us it is my right. dad's only concern is like it makes you lazy and I'm like certain kinds does yeah and that's <laughs> I was like but well, then I beat sure. him at ping pong in a way that was that he threw the the paddle down afterwards <laughs> and I was like by the way I'm stoned out of my mind right now. <laughs> and he just laughed he's like good to know All right. All right. All right. that was that and then after that he's he doesn't say anything. He's like, uh, you seem to have a, a handle on it. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty successful, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the most amazing thing, though, is hearing all these stories and then seeing where you're at right now yeah. with it. Like, you know, these things are the government is actively working against you and trying to stop yes. you at every single turn. You're like, well, fuck it. I'll go do so something, I'll go do else. something <laughs> else. then. Well, all that's right. my attitude, too. I'm going to go like, do something else then. Well, I'm confused why you're pissed off at this. <laughs> but I'm glad you're pissed. That means I'm doing something right. I'm glad that I know I did everything I could and I pushed it as far as I could. I'm glad that I wasn't like, oh, we should probably not. I'm glad I wasn't, you know... Mm-hmm. But that we, we got to the end of what we could legally do. And since licensed cannabis businesses couldn't possibly sponsor these things, and it was so early in the sector, where was I 
like how is it all going to work anyway yeah, you know yeah. to host a really high quality events are very expensive and they take a lot of production and time and effort and you have to have sponsors it can't just be ticket sales so you know mm -hmm. that that was a whole factor too yeah and if you would like to advertise on grown local please hit us up <laughs> <laughs> if they yeah. opened it up tomorrow would you go back to it yeah now i have my glassware i mean the whole point like now like i really was like okay fine well i'm be i'll be back with and i'll have more stuff and now i now i do i mean i have everything <laughs> i can set the bong bar up with all of my branded bongs and my designs and have my bull rack and have you know jane west coffee there and you know i i'm definitely ready for it i want to support other people that want to do this and help them do it then that's and that's actually end of what ended up happening kind of with women grow because yeah. so at this point now it's august it's july <laughs> it's july only of 2014 <laughs> and i have no so i knew that the end was in sight for the events and i knew we would do red rocks on a high note but i had to start thinking about what i was going to do next because now this isn't going to work and so um what had happened was I'm on the cover of all these things, right? I'm on all this news. I'm on Al Jazeera. I'm the UK Telegraph. I'm all, there's people, women, especially women, mostly contacting me. I mean, I became like the most widely recognized woman in the cannabis industry. Like Rosie the Riveter of and, cannabis. Yeah, kind yeah. of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then what happened was people, women were contacting me from all over the world um, because they wanted to work for me. They wanted to do what I do. They want to know more about what it, you know, what it is. I never even, I, and also just, and a lot of moms and a lot of people who were like, I'm so glad you said it. I want to say it. And I want to say I do it. And I, you know, and I, and thank you for starting to say that, you know? And so I knew there was a whole world out there. And what ended up happening was a handful of the women I actually thought had like kind of good business ideas and stuff right yeah. and so I was like okay well let me try to help you but what I learned immediately was that um, everything related to the regulation of cannabis is extremely complicated okay so complicated. <laughs> uh, but also it was so state specific yeah. that mm -hmm. trying to help any of them was not going to be the solution what I had to do was enable them to be able to help themselves more yeah. and so um, so I found in, in July of 2014 I founded Women Grow which is now the largest professional network in the cannabis industry and we and we we launched a city based program where it's like it's the first Thursday of the month you're going to host a women grow event and you're going to put this sign up in the window that says women grow big red weed leaf, you know, and we are going to start getting you got getting women out of the woodwork. And, and like, th this is like, start your, I, I was very concerned that outdated uneducated stereotypes about cannabis were going to prevent women from entering the sector at exactly yeah. the time that they should. Yes. Right. And, and, you know, women are the ones, they're the chief medical officers of their families. They're buying all the stuff that comes into the house and they're buying, you know, and in a lot of cases, I think in dispensaries, we're finding that like the, it, it, there is because of the male based culture, the dude does go get it, but it's a list that she put together. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes. So yeah, no, I have this theory too. And I will say it out loud because like, it is if you want real change in this in this country, you motivate white women because e they're even in control of the white men that are in control. Mm -hmm. Like and soon, there's going to have all the money too. The largest transfers of wealth over the next decade. I love women, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like it's like 
racism, all that. It's like white women are the catalyst of change because yes. it's white men ain't gonna do it. We know that that is everything. <laughs> so it is. They a, like to push hard against. Well, and we're just change. dumb, um, and we're simple, and we're like, I don't want to do more than I have to, but she's mad at me, so now abortion's bad. <laughs> that, I mean, if we're being honest, that is a lot more of our country than than mm-hmm. is being talked about. So, like, what you did was super important because, like, what we were talking about off, like, some of these places we've had trouble finding women to yes. talk to. And yes. that's a, and it's not yes. from lack of trying. It is, yes, they're not there yet. Yeah. yeah. And we need them there and we need them there in leadership positions, which is hard to go st- to. That, that's what I'm pushing for. And ownership, owning the companies, making the decisions about what happens, what the packaging is like, where their store is going to be, what they're making like how they choose everything about the business. It's, this is a brand new industry and it's completely unacceptable that it such a small group of people control it, you mm-hmm. know? And so, yeah, so, so I founded women grow, um, in July of 2014. And, um, in that first year we were, we had events in 44 different cities and you know, a lot, what, it wasn't what I wanted to do, honestly. Like I was not they, running women grow was also like a, the most challenging thing I had done. I, I knew I had to do it and I wanted to do, I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it. Like there were so many events and in networking events and everything. It's just like a panel of white guys and a panel of white. And I'm like, this is insane. And also none of these people see what I see. Nope. Like they don't, I, I was at the time I was starting to try to figure out what I would really make, like the things that are filling my office right now. And like, as I would articulate certain things to people, like it'd be cute. Or they'd like try to make it into whatever they want it to be mm-hmm. like, oh, well, we can call it girl ganja. And I'm like, no, it's, no. that's not, no, no, I don't, you know. And so, um, so you need to be able to see that. And we're half the population. We're the fastest growing group of the consumers. We like also like wine and, and there, there's just so many things that. And women are natural important. networkers too. Yes. Let's be honest about that. Yes, it's, totally. It's, it's, and I don't mean that as a, I think that's a very positive thing. It's yes. like, well, I'm very thankful my wife, several things she does. Sometimes it's exhausting. And then sometimes she's like, well, I know this person that can do it. I'm like, oh yeah. yeah Thank God. Y'all yeah. did that. <laughs> well, you know, they're more likely to seek help. And, mm-hmm. and also be helpful. And so they think of solutions in terms of like connecting less so than I, me, I could That's do. a... So, um... <laughs> I don't need your I help, I can do it. Hey, I'm going to need your help, I couldn't do it. Right. That's Billy. So, um, founding Women Grow, like where I said earlier, like you can just keep talking forever about weed. So basically what happened was, you know, I, again, I've told you my story, so you know, like events, consumption, hmm. products, but like... Founding Women Grow opened the floodgate for me of the of the world of weed that is never ending. Like the parent whose child, you know, has seizures and the veterans and PTSD and women that want to get off antidepressant and anti-anxiety medications that completely turn off their sex drive and now they're addicted to them and they have to take double the amount of pills they did the first time. I mean, that's a that's a daily that's addiction. You go in and you say you're unhappy. Your doctor gives you a pill. The net, when you say it stops working, he tells you to take two. Like what? That, you know, and so, and alcohol. <laughs> that is what, that's, 
that's how people get addicted to alcohol. <laughs> right. right. You know, we call it happy hour in this country, but it is a liquid depressant. Yeah. And, um, and yeah. And so, so founding women grow was amazing. The, the thing about me that kept me going when there were a lot, I mean, trying to organize all these groups of women on the same night once a month in all these cities did lead to a lot of things. I was like, okay, no, I'm, I'm like, I, <laughs> But there was so much energy and it never Uh stopped. And everyone had their own reason for being there. And they were so grateful and happy to be standing in a room of other women and men and men like super smart, cool men. Like, you know, but like women grow events usually were like 30% men. And and like, um, but just to see their, um, their, like the faces that they, that made them feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And also, and just relief. It's relief. Exactly. Like, we all think this should happen. <laughs> yes. Well, when I that's... gave it up for a couple of months, I said this the other day and then got to smoke again after I proved my point. Um, I wasn't, I didn't have to stop, but I was proving a point. I, there was relief when I got to smoke again because it was this thing that, that kind of like kept me together in a mm-hmm. way through some tough stuff. And that, you know, sometimes I use it more and sometimes I use it less. Yeah. Like it's, it's relief. Like I feel yes. like my, myself. And, what I love and then about- you start thinking about black people and and brown people who are like they're every angle's coming after them and then they found this thing that kind of relaxes them yeah. and then people are like can't do that either yeah. and like I'm Going gonna to fucking jail. kill everyone yeah. yeah yeah decimating communities taking so many uh, male fam- males out of their households putting them in prison yes just destroying the family yeah. structure the community structure it's and you, when you you bring up a good point about about also being able to stop. Like I, you know, I consume cannabis every day, and and in some way, shape, or form. And when I have to travel somewhere where I can't take it or bring it or for whatever reason, like I'm always a little nervous, right? But I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to use weed there or anything. And like, but it's never like it's nothing like any like it's not a problem <laughs> i just don't have it and it's fine and i'm fine and then it's fun when you get it again. right yeah. you know no that's and yeah I it's think a it, nice it little tolerance break helps I think. a lot of like all the meds and uh, that people are put on for different you know for anti-anxiety depression and whatnot like a lot of times you just need a break you just have a really bad tuesday and wednesday <laughs> you know and so like to be able to have that control over your health care and your and the psychosomatic effects uh, that you want are looking to get out of cannabis for just a couple days and then you know i mean that i we want to be able to give people that option yeah Absolutely. relax just yeah. relax but no even the, you know these groups are very important too because i remember you know anna from sugar top bubbery they do the women leaders yes. in cannabis and like a few times it's at a restaurant right next to where i'm at and i'll just peek my head in and just to see how joyful and jubilant these people are because mm-hmm. hey they get the chance to talk they're not being silenced by dudes being like, this is how you grow weed type of thing. But it is a way right. to connect everybody, too, Definitely. so that they don't feel so alone because cannabis is kind of male dominated. I used to tell people for what it is and how much it is on the radical side, sexism, 
homophobia type of stuff those are currents that run through yes. it so we do need to force an injection of being like hey these people love it just as much as you they're here in the industry they have a place to be and they here. took the risk too yes. exactly they took the, i think that's an important more so part than, yes even more so more so and like we're talking to the humboldt people and then some of the eugene people we've realized like like the risk in the game they played with the government to move this forward was it's such an important step and they were criminals they were legit mm -hmm. criminals and we've had that argument with people that listen because you know because the camp especially in northern california we interviewed somebody that worked for camp and you know now he's a smoker and he was like but it was a lot of it was poverty that leads that forces these yep. communities against each other mm -hmm. like the, the guy was like i just needed a job out of the military and this was it and i didn't want to i could have got a job in cannabis you know but i had a family and yep. i didn't want to risk this family thing and this was like and he was like so it was this weird cat and mouse game where we weren't really arresting anybody and then we it was just an interesting thing to hear both sides of it and we i knew he'd get heat from interviewing that both sides but that's kind of what we want to do to show like even the anti people weren't anti yep. they were being forced to do something because of poverty and because of capitalism and power that that this plant once we legalize it completely will eradicate a lot of that if we do it correctly mm -hmm. a lot of that poverty like we were talking about like it's frustrating these farms can't you know sell eight pounds a month yep. and make a hundred fifty thousand yes. dollars a year yes. which is a decent amount of money yeah it's not a lot of money yes. but you get to like my my wife and i are somewhere in that range together you know sometimes a little more sometimes a little less i'm more comfortable it's beyond comfortable how comfortable yeah. we are in my life and and you should be able to i mean someone should be able to grow eight to fifty eight to ten pounds a month and sell it in the market in their communities just like they did it in Michigan and in Maine and these places where that caregiver community is really being decimated because yeah. we're letting like the government regulators, lobbyists, and wealthy white men that own MSOs decide what is the market. Oh, well, if you can't go big, I mean, they're, they're basically convincing regulators and politicians that, oh, this is all going to consolidate anyway. So just... Wouldn't it be easier like, if there's only shoot. 20 of us like, for you to check in on? Up. Yes. Yeah. Come no, on. I know what they're doing. Yeah. It's... It wouldn't be cool if we just kicked every mom and pop store out and just, you know. Have... We're, yeah, we're going to make your job easier. <laughs> right. like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're going to make my pocketbook easier. Mm -hmm. It is. I just don't. I don't think the plant will allow it. And I think that's probably the most beautiful part <sighs> I of it. So, yeah. Uh, I think they'll, they'll force it like yeah. they forced other agriculture, but the consumers, it won't, it, it's not the gonna. consumers yeah. because of the fact that it was illegal and all these things are a lot more rabid and just yeah. hardcore about quality over anything. And yes. they were, they were legitimately given pieces of art that people put their freedom blood sweat and tears on the line for so if they're also handed some corporate mass field bullshit they're kind of like this doesn't taste as good as the intent on the others so. and people yeah. argue yeah. like well there's still like coors light and bud light and i'm like yeah but that's dwindling and they're having to buy all these little local yeah. breweries up <laughs> yeah. because people's tastes change and 
they get better and they understand like i like these micro brews because it's not just it's not just beer flavored water that makes right. me pee a bunch it's and i think people don't talk about that part of denver either is the cannabis legalization spawned micro breweries in this town Oh, the, everything is booming here, you know, and, and comedy and boomed. City I started city. coming yes, here because guess yes. what? I'm, I'm not a dumb dumb and, and, <laughs> and I realized, well, there's an influx of cash there that they mm -hmm. can't put in banks. So they want to make, oh, I'm an oh. artist. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go to Denver three times a year. Yeah. What was the boom like here for you to see it and to be a part oh. of it? Um, I think it was pretty incredible. Like there, you know, the, you watch a lot of these businesses start to, um, grow and what I like to, what I saw in Colorado, what we're seeing now in Ontario, in, um, across Canada as retail stores are opening up and they're allowing for small business ownership, you mm. know, just like liquor stores. Um, that's what I want to see. And that's what that, uh, you know, that. Uh, my main motivation for starting Women Grow was the small business boom that I witnessed happening. I was like, she owns a granola company. She owns a, she makes can of butter. She owns the retail stores. She owns the dispensary. She's doing the grow. Like I was seeing it. Like I believe Colorado is the closest thing to free market cannabis that this country has right now. Other yeah. than California, California just gets kind of complicated about a lot of well, stuff. It's, like, it's, own country. it's right. very regional. Right. The well, there's Cali as many people yeah. that live in the entire state of Colorado that live in only LA. No, no, no. It's, I think you're exactly right. Yeah. The way it's a free market, the way, because I've, I've watched the way that Oregon does it and the way that Washington does it. And then it's very confusing the way yep. California does it because there's big money and then small money and then they're trying to protect each other. It's it's interesting, but it's a mess. But I do think, and it's what it's, I think it's a beautiful thing that Colorado's doing. And it, because it is like a free market because the people that have written the laws and stuff were involved with yes. pushing the laws, yes. which is huge. And it's like that, it's truly a free market in that, in that it's starting from zero, because that mm -hmm. is what they leave out, and all those right-wing people and libertarians who are like, "We need a free market system." Like, sure, let's all start at zero again and make it free. Yeah. But they don't want that. They want to start a free market where they already own seventy-five mm -hmm. percent of the market. And he's like, "Go fuck yourself." Mm -hmm. Sorry. John Birch Society, that's what you're up to. I know it. <laughs> Watch out, John. So, sorry. He's, he's coming for you. Yeah. He's an old dude, and it was the Koch brothers. That, it's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> but it is oh, very yeah, frustrating. Colorado was the closest thing like to... And, and, and that was my motivation for founding Women Grow. Like, I wanted the world... To, like Because I naively assumed that what I was witnessing was as strict as it would get. Right, because yeah. we just started, right, and this is the like we're just proving it. So like the cons, so I you know put my head down, launch women grow. Was telling everyone, oh, opportunity come here. People, women came. We had a national conference. Hundreds of women came. Like, and, and w M Melissa Etheridge spoke, and all the like. And I was try I wanted to show everyone how amazing of an opportunity this could be, not only to like 
have like it's just your communities are gonna be just as safe the tax dollars are coming in uh, so many p- benefits and 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 the small business revolution that, that cannabis was able to be in colorado so i hope you can understand my complete frustration when i finally like three years later and um, built a brand big enough that it's ready to like we're, let's get to other states let's get in the thing let me find my growers and i look around and in some places like illinois there's 20 groups that control all the cultivation and yeah. actually it's less than 20 because a bunch of them have two licenses mm. and they're all white guys no way and they have and Crazy. no one has any chance of coming even close to competing with them for years based on regulations that were written and to see that like and that was when ohio and had first rolled out and is mostly agriculture that's a big giant flat state there should yes. be weed everywhere yes i know yes and the way they're doing it is terrible because it's just the worst carbon footprint like they're re- replicating the heat of the sun with lights and then cooling the whole room with air conditioners running at top speed 100 all, all 24 hours a day yep. i mean so should be indoor growers yeah that's him no it's, oh no i'm just saying <laughs> no, I'm no, you, no you're exactly <laughs> right and he can't argue that he can't argue what you're saying no no so, trust um, me we've been lowering our carbon footprint we do no till so we're making sure and try to make it a little bit better but every mm-hmm. single time it's a sunny day i'm like this is fucking stupid that I'm inside let's exactly get, let's get some greenhouse combos exactly. that's what we're that's the plan that's, that's, that's the, the plan greenhouse combos and you know what South Dakota legalized hoop houses which is like do you know what a hoop house oh, is oh yes yeah. we do yeah. so like hoop houses are part of their legalization bill and that's considered in, indoor and like there's so many ways to be doing that's, that's a smart way to kind yeah. of do it I'm not mad at them for that oh yeah. so where do you think the what is the future for Jane West? What is the future for Jane West? Well, um, we have I have uh, 50, I've brought about thirty products to market over the past five years. Um, I'm funding the company um, mainly through now equity crowdfunding um, because I want everyone to be able to own a piece of my company. I'm not a credit investor. I'm not a wealthy person. I want everyone to be able to be along for the ride with me. I. I dipped my toe into trying to raise money from VCs and it was worse than everything else. And, and I was like, I'm not doing this. This isn't how I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to work my ass off. Found women grow to go get the misdemeanors, all the things just so like these yeah. 22 investors that are all white guys can be the ones that really end up like making the dough from my exit. Right. And yep. so, so I'm doing equity crowdfunding. It takes up a lot of like my energy, but it's really been worth it. Like I have over 3000 investors from 42 countries and every single U S state and territory and, um, equity crowdfunding is a way I can like explain to everyone exactly what my brand is and what I'm doing. And I'm also showing women and other small business owners a way that they can fund their companies that goes around these VCs and these checks and this other way. And I'm excited about it because like equity crowdfunding is something that's part was part of Obama's 2013 jobs act to let everyday people invest in startups. And finally, for the first time after seven years since his enactment, there were changes made to the law. And now people can raise up to $5 million using this type of, of, of security. Whereas previously it was only a million Mm -hmm. and a million makes it hard. A million, like it was a lot of work for only rate, you know, raising a certain amount of money, but it was worth it because You'd be surprised how much paperwork is involved with trying to build a company that someday IPOs on the New York Stock Exchange. There is so many forms. We're trying to start. Lots like, of forms. A, we're trying to make this this <laughs> podcast, a, you know, an illegal business. And those forms, we're just like, 
What? And no what wonder the- these. No wonder. <laughs> no wonder people walk away so from hard. podcasts. We're like, what happened to that podcast? And you're like, I liked it. It seemed to be doing popular. Like, I bet they tried to incorporate it, it and they just quit. That's exactly too much. Because you're like, what state is the right way to do this? What is? It? It's just like a fucking nightmare. And, uh, and if yeah. anyone's listening and knows what to do, just fucking hit us up if you want to advertise. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just paperwork. It's trying it's, to get through the stuff I have to do to be what I want. You know, that's basically we have where a partner who isn't interested in cannabis, and that helps. Do oh, you know that is it? good because yeah, no, he recognizes that, that we have a thing, yes, but yes. he's also he's like, here, let me do the this behind the scenes stuff, and we're like, business, yay! Business <laughs> yeah, I mean, I want to just keep showing people that you can do this, you know, and that's that's my motive. Other than me trying to show me, it, can I really do this? You know, mm. can I really build my top line to the point that we're we're going to be able to get up to the next level? You know, I don't know. I'm doing my best. It's hard when you. I have a pretty long list of people I refuse to work with. And so it's hard when they're like the biggest people out there. But if I don't use what I've built and my brand name to, to, to make change, then I can't complain about it. Yeah. And so, you know, I just want to keep, I want to show people like, again, like, you know, I have have my master's degree in social work. I don't have an MBA. I like, you can do this. Not only can you do this in terms of running the business if you want to, but you can grow this plant that grows like a weed outdoor, indoor, wherever. wherever you can run a retail shop that sells this safe product. You are capable of doing that. Do not let regulators and people define the sector. Do not be like, oh, when are the applications coming out? I guess I'll just sit and wait until someone tells me how it all works. Remember that, that yeah, you, you in, until you see the cannabis industry that you want in your state and until you can start a business with the license that was given to other people, you should be fighting. You should be fighting today and next week. You should not be waiting for the applications to come out in October, maybe. Like, all they're trying (laughs) going to do from this point forward is to try to keep you out. And you can jump through any hoop they put up. Yes, you can. It's just patience and figuring it out. That Mm -hmm. is all it is. That is all life is, is patience, and everyone can do it. It's removing that fear. That's what... That's what the the guys did, and just what you did is you showed people that you don't have to be scared of this. They're gonna try to scare you. They're bullies because they have power, and bullies will use that. But when they're wrong, all it is Mm -hmm. is time. That's all you gotta do is patience and stay strong, move forward with what you know is right, because it's just that thing of like, once you know what's right, you can sleep well at night and it doesn't right. matter what people are saying or doing. Yep. Thank you so much totally. for your time. We're uh, You're welcome. Uh, I, I, we... Great episode. Guys, buy her stuff. Support support anything she does. Uh, she does a lot for women and cannabis, which, good Lord, there, there needs to be so many more women in cannabis. Uh, and Eugene, we had to hunt for them. Good thing in, in Humboldt. You can all get offended, but it is a fact, Mike. We had to hunt for women in the industry. But in Southern Humboldt, we didn't. And in Denver, we don't. So that's that's looking promising. But Eugene, get your shit together, you sons of bitches. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love you guys. I can't wait to come come back. I miss you guys. We'll do a show there soon. I, uh, yeah, we love you guys. Grow your own. Grow your own. Grow it. Grow it cultivated.